You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 175, side B. Weekly podcast reviewing the things you love today and the things you loved yesterday. My name is Jingle Magic Mountain, and I am joined by Romper the Blessed. And I did not love this. Yes, well, I guess I can't really say that. And we'll get to that. Yeah. And Rainbow Dreamweaver, I have questions. If you want to. Have your chi enlightened. You need to cleanse yourself from this film. For I am a rainbow. Can you do the rest of the episode like that, please? I it's will. A, <laughs> this is a side B. Oh, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> oh, sorry, I was sitting on one of my testicles there. I didn't. Did uh, something, anything weird happen? I blacked out for a moment. You have, uh, you have, you have two more after that one. So it's fine. This is a side B episode, and we are going to talk about... Sure you know how anatomy works, but okay. 2000 film Dungeons and Dragons. And of course, we will answer our Give Me Five question of the week. Partially inspired by this film. Yep. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons is known as one of the worst movies ever made, so if you get mad that we spoil it, then you're the worst person that was ever made. Just borrow Rob's copy. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I have I no idea <laughs> why I own this movie. Uh, I don't, I don't, man. Do you have any, rec- do you remember buying it? I, I, the only thing I can think of was that I hadn't actually seen it, and it was one of those things where Blockbuster released it, and then it was so it was so cheap that I may as well buy it. You know what I mean? Was it a gift? Two ninety nine. Somebody was like, "Rob likes dragons and shit." Yeah, no, it wasn't a gift. I'm pretty sure I would have bought it for myself. And you know, knowing knowing the the genre that I enjoy, and I was like, "Oh, I haven't seen it yet." It, that, I'm that's the only thing that I got. That's the only thing I got because this movie is not. Oh boy. Well, guys and gals out there, we are, of course, talking about the version of Dungeons and Dragons that came out December 8th of 2000. Do you guys believe they've made two sequels to this film? Not they really? Not very related. But in the third one, Bruce Payne actually does show back up. His character does, at least. The film was directed by Courtney Solomon. And it stars Justin Whalen, Marlon Waynes, mm-hmm. Thora Birch, Bruce Payne, and Jeremy Irons. A uh, accomplished and talented thespian. You would never know by watching this movie. You certainly would not. He, yeah, he phoned it. He played Jeremy Irons. Yeah, what I noticed, like he, he was the one character in this that they didn't bother to like change their hairstyle and give it some sort of weird hairstyle. Like he just had a regular businessman's part. Yeah, he was like he just was. Jeremy Irons. <laughs> it's just let me use my voice. Let me say things, and yeah. And then I'll go back to being, you know, Jeremy Irons. Which I'm sure you you bo- both saw is the reasoning for him doing the movie, right? No. Oh God. When when people were like, "Dude, you're Jeremy Irons. Why did you do this movie?" Uh, he said he did it because he had just bought a castle and had to pay for it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Excellent. Which is the best and only answer to that. Like, I will I will accept that answer. I wonder how much he got paid. 
to just phone it in. Like, oh my God, he overacted the shit out of it. And I don't know if that was something he did or if it was something he was told to do. But oh my God, the overacting in this was absolutely horrendous. In the kingdom of Ismer, wizards use their magic to rule the land. (laughs) Mages. The young Empress Savina, played by Thora Birch, desires to use her magic for good. Uh, (laughs) But the evil Profreon, played by Jeremy Irons, who was uh, looking to pay his mortgage, uh, (laughs) pretty much. It's his powers to usurp the throne from Savina and subject the kingdom to totalitarian rule. They're all like, gains control of kingdom's golden dragons. Uh, while Savina sets out to win control of the even more powerful Red Dragons. And that's completely uh, inaccurate. It is totally inaccurate. Uh, while gaining the alliance of a motley group of individuals along the way. Uh, and and no, Savina, that, no, none of that who, is accurate. Hey, who cares? Uh, <laughs> because whatever, you know. Um, I've never seen this movie. Uh, Greg mentioned it last week. I, I've heard that the movie sucks and, uh, it did <laughs> like it a really lot. Um, uh, really some, some really, <laughs> uh, I did not want to finish this movie. No, I didn't after about 20 minutes. Uh, so my first impressions in the film uh, immediately after hitting play was uh, maybe this won't be so bad because, and hear me out, wait for me to finish what I say because the graphics aren't so bad. Um, I've never <laughs> seen this movie. Other movies that were out at the time, uh, this movie graphically doesn't hold a candle at all. But the small things in it, like the uh you know the glowing of a couple of orbs for example very very within the first 30 seconds of the movie i said okay set design looks okay and then uh a dragon comes out and <laughs> the t-rex with wings the fucking wheels are off <laughs> this train is just on its nose grinding and shrieking down the track. And the the quality of the CG is right in line with something that you might see in a uh, early 90s episode of Hercules. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. (laughs) That's the made-for-TV shit because that is, man, we don't have the budget or the time, but we want this thing. So uh, it has to be done in 20 minutes. Yeah, the CG was terrible. Awful. The Awful. So my, I had seen this before. I, it was, for some reason, I remember where I saw it. And it was, I just moved to Orlando. I saw it on video on a, and it was like before I had actual furniture when I lived here. Mm-hmm. So I remember I had like a stack of like, you know, my VCR and then my little tiny TV on top of it or my, DVD player and my tiny TV sitting on top of it. And I remember it sitting in the corner of the room. I didn't have a job yet, but I had used like a free rental coupon on it that I took from Blockbuster when I left. Mm-hmm. And I pushed my way through the, I, I remember it being terrible then and that I pushed my way through it. And the only thing I remembered about this whole movie was the, them launching fireballs from one of those like futuristic looking towers at the dragons, like the bad guys. Mm-hmm. That's all I remembered about it. Wow, that's a that's a funny only thing to remember. It was because it looked so bad. Um, yeah. Everything about this movie is bad. The script, the graphics, as you said, the... I don't know why I'm offended by this, but even like, you know, we need comic relief. Okay, let's just hire Marlon Wayans. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's... And Marlon Wayans is funny. That, like, if I want to make a movie and I want comic relief... That's not necessarily a bad thing to do. Yeah, wasn't this around the time of Scary Movie? It was, but he was at the time he was filming this. He was filming Requiem for a Dream, which is a good movie. Mm -hmm. Dark, but good. Not a a comedic role. No. 
So like, I mean, which is fine. The, you can the you thinly can veiled social commentary, the overacting. I mean, everything was just just horrendous. The inability to follow like a, a story, like things just kind of happen. There's yeah. No, like, and the elf it, girl had nipples on her armor. What? She sure did. Yeah. I, Let's I didn't take, see uh, that. You didn't notice that? I, I didn't notice that. I would have. I might have changed my review had I noticed Puppy that. Nipple armor. Let's take uh, everyone's favorite Star Wars films, episodes two and three, and paint a fantasy story on top of them. Yeah, right. Hmm. Yeah, the uh, political intrigue. No, we just want we want dragons. Like they have shit about this council of anybody. Shut up. And why are politicians (laughs) in movies like this always just so effing stupid? When they're all dressed the same, for some yeah. When they all have staffs, yeah. I mean, not to yeah. get so overly that's political, our review. But, but like <laughs> his historically, you would like the more you read about stuff in history, that there's a lot of times where like you know maybe Hitler will just stop, like you know, like it's not entirely without. And I'm not, I'm sure the writer of Dungeons and Dragons wasn't looking historically. So yeah, you are right. But you know, there are, there are. Uh, uh, historical uh, references that could be made towards some of the uh, actions that the politicians in these movies make. Mm-hmm. The well, my first question was right in the opening the opening sequence where they start where they were given like the prologue or whatever, and the guy's like is ruled by mages. Mages are a class of people who are able to use. Ma-. I'm like, really? Does anybody not still know? Does is there anyone here who doesn't know what a mage is? You're like. Oh man, what's a what's a mage? This is gonna be rough. Well, okay, it's not just that. It's just anyone. Like, there's a lot of people that don't know what a mage are, but there's no one that's seeing Dungeons and Dragons in the theater. Exactly. Who doesn't, doesn't know. know what a mage is? Um, yeah, I do like that they tried to bring in all of the classes, and I don't know the exact classes because I'm sure they've changed over the years. But you know, have to have the elf and have to have the thief and all those characters. Uh. The opening sequence is a very long tracking shot over water or with like dry ice thrown in it. Just like mm-hmm. foggy with nothing else. Yeah. Like, oh, if your budget is that. And and let's, I want to be very clear. The the person that made this movie was the first thing he ever directed. Uh, no. He bought the rights to Dungeons and Dragons uh, at the age of 19. Like what? to make a movie. Yeah. Hold I don't on. know how. Oh, you got this you story? You didn't buy the rights to Dungeons and Dragons. Well, to make a movie for Dungeons and Dragons. Right. With, with he he approached uh the the um the owners of the, the property of the rights of Dungeons and Dragons in nineteen ninety um as a student. Um but uh it, it yeah it it took a while and it was something that this person really wanted to make and they they greenlit it and uh, this for a movie that was in development and an idea for for over ten years uh, with so many different directors attached to it at at points uh, James Cameron was attached to it Francis Ford Coppola. God, and it actually had good actors in it. It did. It did. <laughs> Got there to the set, like, okay, where's Francis Ford Coppola? Says Jeremy Irons, I'm like, oh no, he's not doing it. Wait, what? <laughs> well, Stan Winston was still attached to the film when promotion began, um, which you know led to a, a lot of the, um, I guess, a lot of the other money that that came into it and, and we ended up with um, Courtney Solomon who uh, yeah um, no. also known for um, some other movies <laughs> <laughs> for being publicly executed after making this movie yeah oh my god uh, let's talk about our dragon friend at the beginning because all oh. three of us all three of us said the same thing to the point of where we were actually sending screenshots of our notes uh every single one of us basically said well 
that the, the dragon looks like crap, but said that it got rancored. Yeah, we actually all used that as a verb. We all said that they just rancored that dragon. Yeah, and it, it, it. Oh God, this borrowed so much from from Star Wars, and, and just they put elf ears on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like even that one blue dude looked. He, there was like yeah. the one guy with the blue face. He looked like the Rancor. I mean, it wasn't in this part, but mm-hmm. he looked like the Rancor handler. But yeah, they they do the thing where they drop the door on the rank on the dragon, and I'm like, at first I felt bad for the dragon, and then I'm like, oh, you you got out early. You're good. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, and and let's let let's just fuck it. Let's take twenty thousand dollars and make the blood CG instead of going to buy a gallon of fake blood at the store. The blood looked bad. I mean, it it all looked bad, Jimmy. Oh, <laughs> it all looked bad. And in that same yeah. scene, the dragon's blood catches the lake on fire, and Marlon Wayans is like, you know, the the lead character is like, oh, freaking mages! They don't care if anybody gets hurt. And Marlon Wayans is like, how do you know it was the mages? Motherfucker, water just caught on fire, and how we are in do, Cleveland. <laughs> how the hell do you think the water caught fire? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like... The the graphically on par at this point, in my opinion, with the uh, notorious scene from the the, the uh, Scorpion King. Uh, oh God. God! Right up there, just awful. That was terrible CG. Yeah. So uh, the princess. Yes, Thora Birch. I like Thora Birch too. I like Thora Birch in general. I mean, not in uh, this movie <laughs> for a long, for a long time. American Beauty was one of my favorite movies until the whole, you know, uh, Kevin Spacey stuff went down. And we still watch Hocus Pocus every year. Oh, she, she's one of the kid actors in that. I've never yeah. seen Hocus Pocus. She's the sister. I've yeah. never seen Hocus Pocus. Oh, what? Oh. Well, how have you not seen Hocus Pocus? I'm not a big fan of Bette Midler. I don't know. You should watch Hocus Pocus because I bet Ethan would enjoy Hocus Pocus. Maybe. You should watch Hocus Pocus this year. Jimmy, though? She was great. My she favorite part of that movie. The... I yeah, was in love so with Thor, Thor Birch. This is after American uh, Beauty. And she should have fired her agent after that. Mm. But she... It's like she got her princessing lessons from, like, every other uh, sword and sorcery movie from the 80s. Never like the never-ending story? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all. Like, you watched that, and the director had the stars of the film watch fantasy films from the eighties to try and nail down that aesthetic. I guarantee you, she was just like, "I'm gonna play that exact character, the childlike the same, empress." Childlike empress, the same, they just the same like mannerisms and everything. It was like too much, mm-hmm. too much like it. Also, very much reminded me of Natalie Portman playing playing uh, Queen Amidala, yeah. standing in front of the senators, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying about the Star Wars connection. It's like, mm-hmm. did you just see it? You were just like, oh yeah, well, fuck it, yeah. It worked for them, obviously. Mm-hmm. The the we're we're just gonna say everything's bad because it is, but. Yeah, the the props, the rod of Savril, <laughs> the which was like the which actually no that's not the rod of Savril the first rod he makes with the green stone on it mm-hmm. it looked like plastic because it was mm-hmm. the the second one looked like plastic because it was it was. Yeah, it was um nothing in this movie looked as I wrote nothing looks aged lived in or good yeah like ever like it didn't look like there had ever been a battle like there nothing was and the stuff that they tried to make book aged looked like something from a theme park yeah. before they started going realistic, you know, where everything was kind of like that uh, miniature golf course yeah. style of like, mm-hmm. I, I noticed it specifically on the dwarf's helmet where it was like yep. uh, way thicker than it should have been. Everything looks like a roadside dinosaur attraction mm-hmm. that was built <laughs> by one person who really loved dinosaurs, but was not an artist. Uh, even the dinosaur bones look like big old shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
the yeah, uh, my everything we're gonna say is just bad, like Greg said, including our main characters are thieves who should have been thrown out of the guild, their thieves guild, a very long time ago because these are the worst thieves ever. After ever. the like the, the lake catches on fire after the mages were doing some magic shit or whatever they said in the castle, they decide to go uh, raid the tower uh, and uh, steal, steal some, some magic shit. It. And they're just like yelling. And <laughs> and if it's at the point that they put Marlon Wayne's in there for comic relief at a time when you're not supposed to be cracking jokes or anything like that, he's just cracking jokes. You're supposed to be quiet. You're a thief. Like, you, and, they're not. And when they were coming in, when they were coming in, he was like, Are you going to catch me? I'm like, Dude, you're four feet off the ground. Just drop. What? <laughs> Come on, man. No. And then, he, and then yep. he throws himself down and he screams the whole way down. I'm like, You're supposed yep. to be stealing shit. Why are you screaming? Yeah. No part of this. I mean, if. God, if this if the the filmmaker approached TSR, you know, ten years before making this film, uh, you know the the uh, the the powers behind Dungeons and Dragons were concerned because many people have approached them over the years and and tried to adapt it and had ultimately failed, uh, including a cartoon that we will you know reference later. Actually, okay. the cartoon was better than this. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I enjoyed the cartoon. The cartoon was fine. Um, I loved the cartoon as a kid. But it it had just never... It, it's such a deep, deep fantasy that could be good on, on different parts of this. It had nothing to do with the stories or stories that could be created in the tabletop, um, aside from including a couple of monsters that were maybe in the, the monster encyclopedia that they put out. Uh, uh, so okay, well, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to grab your your lasso there. Yeah, do it and run with that because as I was trying to find this movie on my little fire thing, the first right. thing that shows up when you touch, type in Dungeons and Dragons is a documentary about the art of Dungeons and Dragons, and if you leave the your icon sit on that for long enough it starts playing a trailer and the one creature they start talking about the beholder is the beholder mm -hmm. you know like if you're talking with your friends and they're like oh you you're face to face with beholder you're like what's that and then you see a picture of it and it's like ah that thing's terrifying so i was all excited when i saw it in the movie even though it sucked but it was just funny because like they didn't go too deep into the the dungeons and dragons lore they didn't they didn't turn too many pages in the, no. the they, they read the synopsis and then made a movie out of it. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, there's such an opportunity to have character development in there, just as a, a character, one's character would develop throughout um, a campaign. Um, truly, so many opportunities to to make this good, but just it wasn't. Mm -mm. At all, the the dwarf now now Greg he uh, you recognize the dwarf from many other films as being a uh, hype Lee Ehrenberg. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. He's been a dwarf in uh, what was it? Uh, Once upon a time. Mm -hmm. what was he was he grumpy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was also either he was the the buddy of the guy that kept on losing his eye in Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. So I think tell or one. Yeah, and you knew him Hello, from something Pepper. else too. So he's he's got himself typecast as that. But if you actually look at the actor, he doesn't look quite dwarf like. But he no, is... he actually had to scrunch down in this and kind of um, you know walk on uh, walk in a uh, like stalk. It's, yes, exactly. And said it was you know incredibly difficult because it, it was. I mean, and it just didn't God, be one thing if you could look back and be like, man, I, I literally 
broke myself making that movie, and I'm proud of it. Um, I mean, his acting was fine, but it just it was a garbage movie. And his part wasn't that good either. It wasn't. No, it wasn't memorable. He just, there's no backstory behind him, whatever. He's just some homeless dude sleeping in a pile of trash. And then he jumped. Oh, wait. Oh, he's a dwarf. He's got an axe. He, he's a dwarf. He's a dwarf. That, I mean. <laughs> there, there is the magic chick that catches them robbing, catches the thieves robbing, and uses this uh, kind of cool lasso thing. She's a mage. Yes, she's a mage. Oh, um, I refer to her as magic chick that's her thing but i did say she was cool okay and she did use this she did uh throw a lasso around people to catch them which you never saw again oh sorry go ahead and every time there was plenty of opportunities where people were disregarding her and in fact we never really saw her do magic after that which is true, because like there's a lot of times where they were attacking attacking the main thieves, and she was just standing there in the background. And I'm like, do the lasso thing, like do something. Well, Light and then up. on the way out, she was just hitting people with torches. It's like, wait, don't don't you have magic? Were they magic torches? Yeah, she she blasted them in the very beginning, and then for you're right, just. The, almost the entirety of the rest of the film, it's like they forgot that she could do magic. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yep. You're just going to stand there and throw fucking empty cans at people? Like, well, you know why? <laughs> because they couldn't afford the CG. <laughs> they couldn't afford the CG that was in the movie. I know. They couldn't afford for her to do They're... any more magic because they couldn't animate it. They're still paying off that loan. Somewhere around the time that they met the dwarf, I fell asleep. <laughs> and I do my notes on my phone. And my phone, I woke up as my phone had landed on my chest. And it was cold. And uh, I my my nipple typed D-D-O-L-F. <laughs> D, the D-E-D-E-O-L-F. <laughs> and I woke up and I thought it was... And it was right around the time that... Um, Jeremy Irons is angry at his little minion dude and is like doing the weird uh, ears thing mm-hmm. with the like tendrils. And I cracked myself up because I was th- I was thinking this is where I decided I'm like, hey, Jeremy Irons is just playing himself. Uh, and when he's questioning the minion, I thought it to me sounded like he was questioning the scriptwriter because he's like, why are we doing this? Why did you do that? Why are we all doing this? And I was like. Is he questioning the director and they just put it in a movie? <laughs> he was on a green screen when he was talking shit to the director. So they just put a leg up. Yeah. yeah. He's like talking about the stuff. And then he, he was saying like something about going to Alinar or something. And I, again, Alan. yeah. <laughs> so I was trying to type Going it in, to but rehab. Autocorrect took over. And it, and Jimmy will understand this, why I left it. Um <laughs> I typed Alinar, which is the name of the place, Salad Biafra. <laughs> and I forget what he actually said, but it was oh, not God. Salad Biafra. Uh, Biafra being Jello Biafra, and I've oh, apparently God. typed that enough in my phone that it actually autocorrected to that. Jello's a vegan cousin or something. Yeah. Holy shit, that's Alinar's Alinar Salad Biafra. Salad Biafra. But I don't know why they did huh. this thing. Like, I didn't really understand the weird, like, tendrils coming out of the ears. Like, it just... It was a little uh, alien thing yeah. that he somehow knew how to use. And right, exactly. I was like, what? It was supposed to be punishment to keep his, his, uh, his subject in line, but he ends up using it as a weapon. And, and it's just so stupid. Why did he... Why were his lips blue... I don't know. They're like, you know what? We'll make him look. We'll make him look cool. We'll give him blue lipstick. Oh, what? yes. You know what this needs? You know, you guys know what this is missing. They're like a good script and good special. No, <laughs> blue lipstick. Oh shit! You're right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Wait, who do we put it on? Do we put it on the hero? No, 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 no. You got to put it on the henchman. Yeah. This looked like 
this looked like a a drama club or or just a group of kids that want to put on a play for their like parents or something, and they just like oh, all run into a room and they're like, okay, what what kind of looks like you're a king? What looks like you're an evil wizard? What looks like that? And they like put on just threw on random costumes. That's where the like the guy with the blue face and like a towel on his head. <laughs> Quick, grab your father's Jeremy Irons costume. Yeah, there's like. A, a running man style maze run in this and it was super shitty looks like the maze that the children assembled uh for their parents uh, yeah in in someone's uh in someone's uh uh garage yeah garage alleyway something like that yeah and the people that are like, so they have to go through this maze to get the dragon. Right? And the people betting, well, you know, it's one of those things where they have like the cage on the outside, which you saw, obviously. And they're like trying to place bets on when they're, when they're going to die. And they're like acting like high school kids. Like they're not even, act, they're acting like American high school kids. They're not acting like sleazeballs in a, uh, dragon-infested medieval city trying to bet. They're just like... It was like Greece. <laughs> hey, and, give me five on 40 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Skipperino. I got 30 minutes or, or 30 seconds. There's no way he's going to get past that. Like, then do you want to go down to the sock hop later? Have we'll a drink some sodas. Woo! Yeah. And usually I'm, I'm all about Wolverines! that. <laughs> I'm usually all about that kind of stuff. Like I love, uh, you know, Indiana Jones and you know, arrows coming out of walls and all that. But yeah. this was eyeballs painted on walls that shot fire, that, and some sort of logic that he could have just run through because he had to. Did that make anyone else uncomfortably dizzy? The the room with the closing walls with all the yes, eyeballs on it. It absolutely did. It was when the when they kept on cutting to all the fire. Yeah, because there was a point he hits it and it was doing that. It was it did make me dizzy, and then there was a part where he like stepped on one and it didn't do it, and I was silently thankful because I was yeah. like, oh, it. I weird. I had to look away, and the thought crossed my mind like maybe I should pause this so I don't miss anything. But no, I just looked away. No, just it hypnotized me. I'm gonna look at my forward. Am- Look at my Amazon cart, and I'm going to have bought all like the Dungeons and Dragons guidebooks. Like, what mm. the hell? <laughs> yeah, good luck. Well, that's show that's up at your why house, you bought. You're the, like, what? That's why you bought the movie, Rob. You looked directly at the screen when you saw it in the theater, and then, and then five years later, you just bought the movie. Probably. Uh, the Beholder, which we talked about, terrible. I yep. thought that looked like a mascot from a serial commercial. From the 80s. <laughs> it looked like one of the Langoliers from uh, the uh, Stephen King adapted television series. Limited television series of the same name. Yeah. With the horrible CG. God, man. From a from a computer graphics artist standpoint. I mean, the CG here in this movie in 2000 was... Horrendous. The Matrix had come out already. Exactly. Like ugh. the Star Wars prequels, most of them had come out. They had yeah, Oh, the yeah. carpet. I want to talk about the carpet. The, you the talk the, about the, that carpet. The carpet the quicksand, quicksand. carpet. Yeah. So Snails, Marlon Wayans. One of the few practical annoying, effects no in the real, movie, I think. Yeah, he does fall into a this like carpet that is like he basically gets up there. He's going to go steal the map back, the the map that we didn't even talk about. The fact that it never burns, even though yeah. it's on fire. <laughs> um, he goes to step to get it and ends up getting stuck in this like quicksand carpet. Um, and then the the bad guy comes in and is like, and grabs him and pulls him out of it instead of just you know letting him die, and then kills him anyway. And it was one, it, it actually didn't look too bad, but um, it did remind me of this review that I found uh, from a user called uh, Wasting Away uh, on IMDb. He said, you know you're watching a bad movie when 
the entire audience cheers at the death of one of the main characters and tries <laughs> to tries to warn the poor sap standing outside the theater afterwards to run run away. Yeah. Wow. The Fellowship of the Ring came out a year later. That was a much better movie. Give yeah. you some idea of the uh, the difference in yes budget, but also talent that worked on the uh, the CG for this film. Mm-hmm. The same tools were available to the same people. Yeah, I uh, hear right after this part. Heard more. Uh, see what after this part uh, is when we see we do see snails die. Uh, or Wesley does. or whatever. What the hell is his name? What the hell is Ridley? The... I think. Ridley? Ridley? Yeah. R- he's R- a... uh, Ridley. Ridley. Was it Ridley? It was, yeah, it was because Ridley. I was like, oh, he's got the same name as Ridley Scott. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, does what I believe you saw. I saw your notes, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> he was talking about when Another he sees Star his... Wars reference. Yeah. When he sees his friend die. Go ahead. The, the Darth Vader. No! super over dramatic and I'm like why is he not killing him while he's standing there doing that at some point we have a very badly green screened Thora Birch and she's now wearing like an armored headdress thing and she's oh, giving some, some spiel point, we have bad screening bad okay well yeah it, it, at a, this certain point in, point in the movie <laughs> and all I could think about is going to medieval times and realizing that the storylines in medieval times are better and yeah, look better. Man. And this could be like like a Wednesday matinee version of medieval times where they're like training people and it would still have been better. Oh, man. I want to yeah. go. <laughs> to medieval times? Yeah, I want to go back. Me too. Yeah. Thanks, the only. I know, sorry. The only yeah. thing I did like in this Order movie, though, with my hand. that... There was a there was a part up here that I was like, okay, that's kind of neat, and that's the treasure room where they actually get the rod of Servile, which you know looked like a oh see, and I thought the treasure room looked terrible. No, no, not the treasure room itself, the skeleton. Yep, I like the skeleton. He looked like a puppet. That was very was a puppet. um, It was absolutely a puppet, but yeah, that was very Pirates of the Caribbean for me. It was and uh, and not in. It was very pirate. Oh, this is old, but we still like it. Kind of a sense, but uh, yeah, not in a. Hey, look how technical, technologically advanced and great this looks now. It was like it was good for the time. Did they ever explain what the curse was, or did, did I miss it? He the... was cursed to hold the staff until a worthy human came to take it away from him. Mm-hmm. Well, he's like, whoever t- uses this staff will be cursed. And he's like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to take it from you anyway. He takes it, and then the guy's like, the skeleton's head, like, flops. Um, And then he takes this thing, which, again, it looked like something that they would sell on, like, you know, the floor of Megacon from, like, one of those, like, uh, sword sellers that'll sell, like, very ridiculous-looking weapons with, like, where half of the blades are pointing back towards the user. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and it's just and they're like they look neat but there's no possible way that you could ever use them in any sort of real thing uh, so yeah they do that and I guess that staff will allow people to control red dragons yes My, yep to go against her gold dragons yeah uh which is actually kind of similar to the Raya and the Last Dragon in a way. There's there's some conversation about controlling dragons in that too, but I guess it's really every movie with dragons. And as he gets up the tower and holds up his staff, all I could write or think about was release the shitty dragons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, was that Michael Jeremy Irons? Yeah, I I think that was actually after um, Thor Birch in uh, in an incredible um, uh, display of just acting 
she calls Jeremy Irons character um an unscrupulous charlatan. <laughs> mm-hmm. My favorite line in the entire movie. And she's like, like the, the peace loving empress, right? Mm-hmm. And she like starts yeah. destroying the entire city for a little bit and then's like, oh wait, hold on. Never mind, this isn't me. Like sell that to the people you just burnt alive. Yeah. Oh, actually, I think the only people that she attacked were the were the mages in the tower. Yeah, doing the fireball thing that I thought was lame. Yeah, twenty years ago. And I'm like, any dragon worth his salt would have known all he had to do was take out the base of the tower. He didn't need to take out all the wizards in the top. Well, yeah, but you've yeah. also had far more conversations with dragons than these people. Well, this you might want to check out Rob's other podcast, Conversations with Dragons. Yeah. Releasing every Thursday, when she talks to a different dragon about their inspirations in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What makes you, What makes you want to be a dragon? <laughs> well, I, I, was, I was born this way. You mean it's not a choice? <laughs> no. Look, that movie, I know we could have taken out the base of the tower, but there was a lot of drinking. Nobody was really excited to be there. A lot of drugs. It was the, it was the year 2000. We thought Y2K was going to... I mean, we thought Y2K was going to take the tower out. So. Are, are dragons offended by the portrayal in this movie as being a Tyrannosaurus Rex with wings? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Our arms are a lot longer. Do you, do you have any pending lawsuits as a result of this movie? I've been advised that I'm not allowed to talk about any of the suicides. Well, th- thank you, uh, Dagmar, the Blue Dragon, for joining yeah, us. Well, well, you know, guys, since this movie, I really haven't had much work. So um, if you guys need anything, you know. Uh, well, this, this won't actually stuff. count as work either, Dagmar. Yeah, we, we don't pay. Dragon just blew up the studio and flew away. <laughs> I've got three little dragonlings. <laughs> to feed. And a beholder. Do you know how much beholders eat? <laughs> That's a sad, uh, sad Thank you. Thank you. Another yeah. career ruined by this shitty movie. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote I wrote poor dragons multiple times in my notes and I didn't realize I was doing it. <laughs> poor dragons, shitty dragons. Yeah. Dragons so, early. I uh, mean it was it was awful. Yeah, well, what uh, happened at the end of this movie? Like there was They turned into light and flew away. I'm like, wait, are they dead? And perhaps probably the best the best CG in the movie was when the name carved into the stone disappeared. Pretty much. That was the best act of CG in this movie. It sure was. And and I bet that that's what the director had as their, as their ideal ending spot. And that's, they, they did the whole movie trying to get to that point. They wanted that shot of the name of the name disappearing from the, from the stone. Yeah. There was like, some other ending, I think I saw. Did you see that, Jimmy? No, I. There's like some I, other I, ending where she was, where she was gonna like turn destroy, into a she, she destroyed the dragons and was instead going to hire the dwarf and everyone else as like the guardians of the kingdom kind of thing. Um, but they said that it, that they even shot it or something, and that it was so bad they didn't even put it on the DVD as a special feature. Wow, that's bad. I was expecting. I was legitimately expecting her to put medals around their necks. <laughs> In a ceremony a, uh, while wearing a white dress. Exactly, dude. Uh, woo. And then at the end, they, they, they all turned into light and flew away. I'm like, wait, did everybody just die? What happened? So, snails gone? Dead? Right? Well, they, he was no. Waiting. Your friend is waiting for you. So did, yeah, where, did everybody else just get killed? I don't know. You know what? I don't care. Yeah, yeah. no one should care. They didn't care. No. Why should we? 
Exactly. Uh, save yourself the anger, uh, in my opinion. Um, this movie isn't free anywhere unless you borrow it from Rob. Well, it's not good. <laughs> our next patron. <laughs> because we hate everyone. We'll send it to you. No, um, we wouldn't curse anyone with that that devil magic, but uh, don't don't watch it. Uh, this is just one of those where not even out of sheer curiosity. I mean, you can Google, like, you could probably search for worse moments of Dungeons and Dragons film, and it would come up with the entire fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> this is so, a pretty thorough document. The worst moments highlight clips is actually longer than the movie. Why? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, remake, revival, or rest in peace? Try again. They remake. are. They, okay. Okay. That, I have concerns. They are. It's somebody wrote a script. It, 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 they've been saying that for 20 years. Well, the, yeah, but now they have a cast, which is why we were talking about it in the last time. The last time, uh, Chris Pine is signed on. Michelle Rodriguez, Hugh Grant, Justice Smith. So, supposed to come out in two thousand twenty-two, May twenty-seventh uh, of May two thousand twenty-two. Okay, I uh, believe. But I think that it left a bad taste in everyone's mouth, um, which is why so it took it, twenty-two it, years for another one to come out. So they need to do something in the trailer to make this movie look palatable. They need to, it needs to have a wow factor. Like, people laughed at Pirates of the Caribbean, to go back to that. People laughed at that movie. Like, why the hell are they making this? And then you saw the trailer with Skeleton Dudes and Johnny Depp, and everything was awesome. And it did great. Just Whereas other movies don't, if people laugh at it when they first think about it. Yeah. Have Chris Pine smile for the camera for a minute and a half, and I'm sold. Say, we're doing Dungeons and Dragons. Smile. Everybody be like, oh shit! Yeah. Dragon's flying out of his mouth. That's fine for me. Just restart is what I'm going to say. Redo it. Don't remake this with any of the plot. Uh, There's nothing memorable about this film in particular. So just. Don't get cute and try to do Easter eggs like a dungeon with like the dragon staff hanging up in the background. No, just. Nobody has yeah. nobody wants that. Care. So when people went and saw this movie and or bought this movie on DVD, what else was going on <laughs> that would make them want to go see this movie? Well, Greg, uh, no, uh, nothing. And that was that was part of the problem because. Um, shoot. <laughs> Sorry, I just read your notes. I'm Oh, yeah? At the second one? Yes. <laughs> <Good one. laughs> so what happened in history, Jimmy? Well, uh, Greg asked the question, what was actually going on that people uh, wanted to go see this movie or to escape from actual reality? Well, not enough to uh, get this movie back to... Uh, matching or exceeding its its budget of $45 million because when everything was all said and done, globally it made $33 million. Um, so well short of its budget. And I'm sure in that time it has not uh, gotten any closer to that. But um, also... Um, Because why not? Uh, thank you. Uh, Y2K proved to be of very little consequence. Um, of course, everybody was very concerned uh, that that was going to be the end of the world. All the computers were going to restart, turn back to zero, and we were going to be all screwed. Uh, if you had a, a computer controlled component, your car was going to turn on you, kill you, 
all the traffic lights were going to stop and there was going to be mass chaos and confusion. Uh, also in the year 2000, I believe what both of you gentlemen were laughing at, the last natural Pyrenean Ibex dies. Uh, we weren't laughing at that part. <laughs> That's sad. Oh, yeah, it is. That is sad. But uh, what a way to have the exist uh, the uh, um, species wiped from the earth completely than uh, having a tree fall on the last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, God's all like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. You've eluded me for this far. Well, it's uh, like. Drop a tree I, on you. If this was today, you'd mm-hmm. be like, there's going to be footage of that somewhere. Because I immediately was going to go to YouTube, and I'm like, shit, that was 2000. There was no possible way Yeah, there was all footage. The, all the cameras reset back to zero. Yeah, but like we didn't all have cameras in our in our pocket. But, like, you know, this thing wandering in an open field, there's not a lot of trees. They're, you know, periodic trees, and then he just happens to walk under one. And... Yeah, that one tree. Shit. <laughs> well, also in the year 2000. The PlayStation 2 was released in Japan, and the GameCube was revealed. Mm -hmm. Shortly after that, I was waiting in line at Chesapeake Square Mall to pick up my PlayStation 2 with my good friend, Josh. And I still don't have a PS5. (laughs) But... When Rob gets his PS5, he's going to be heading home from the store and a tree is going to fall on him. <laughs> oh, God. No, don't say that. James Earl Jones is going to fall on him. <laughs> the Bastille Day event occurred. Remember. Oh, that caused a radiation storm on Earth that caused minor damage to satellites and power transformers. Uh, also creating some fervor that we hadn't quite escape the inevitable end of the world that was Y2K and the final original peanut strip was published after Charles Schultz the creator of peanuts died on February the 12th Hmm. I try and stay away from the depressing news but uh, the last uh, Pyrenean Ibex uh, and the passing of Charles M. Schultz were. I laugh. That's a pretty Ibex thing every time. I <laughs> picture like a branch laying across his head and like the little like. The like goose, some the, kind of the, far side cartoon. Like, yeah. Like that or like in a cartoon where the little bump appears on his head. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that was that was the last one. <laughs> Guys. Uh, in movies in the year 2000 to uh, show what this was up against as far as the graphics were concerned and story and everything that makes a film good, uh, that this was not Mission Impossible 2, Gladiator, Mm. and Castaway. All films that hold up relatively well. Man, I saw, uh, just as a short story, but I saw Mission Impossible 2 with my dad, which is rare because we didn't go see too many movies together, Mm -hmm. at at a place called Meisner Park, and as we left the movie, like, I was hungry, so I went to go, I was going to go across the street to get a sandwich, and it turned out there was a mass shooting at the subway across the street um, for, like, a, a robbery gone wrong Jesus. that we almost, that we almost walked into. Yeah. At the, yeah. So that, that movie, uh, it was very weird, because there, there was a lot of weirdness, you know, seeing the movie with my dad, him actually liking the Metallica song from that movie, um, and then almost walking into be, uh, being murdered. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, a good thing a tree didn't fall on any of you. No, yeah. no. Uh, Turned out England, it was an Ibex that was robbing the subway, though. Uh, yeah. I wonder, if the, I wonder if the tree fell on him as he was fleeing the scene. <laughs> oh, perhaps. In music, uh, top in the charts was Breathe by Faith Hill. Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas, the uh, the song that my wife and I were introduced to the world as a married couple. And uh, continuing with the Santana resurgence, Maria Maria Santana of with the project product GNB as well. 
crazy how fast time flies. So some of those songs yeah. seem like they were just out. Yeah, it really yeah. does. Well, uh, do we have anything more to say about the year 2000? I want to talk about some uh, cartoons. Do it. Well, it's your question. You have to like... I was, I was trying to introduce yeah. it. So, yeah. So, uh, between the years of 1983 and 1985, there actually was a Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. Uh, I had kind of pondered other questions, you know, what are the worst dragons in film? What are, you know, maybe the, the worst game adaptations? Uh, we've covered, game adaptations kind of thing. Yeah, we've, we've covered something similar to that. I know Zathra and a couple other things have come out for that. So I thought, well, while Dungeons and Dragons isn't really targeted to... Saturday morning cartoon children. Um, they did make a cartoon based off of it. So my question to you fine people is uh, what are your top five cartoons that were created after they're definitely not targeted for children uh, media came out? So... Uh, let's say, for example, um, Debbie Does Dallas, yes. Deep Throat, and then they made a cartoon out. Into a cartoon that they played on Saturday mornings. Okay. So I will... Uh, the Deep about... Throat cereal, I would not suggest it. The milk is just wrong. It's like sticky. I don't know what's up with that. Wow. If you can see my face right now. Wow. I can't uh, see so... your face. I can't see Rob's face. He's probably smiling. And I mean, wow. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. Let me go ahead and go first. I'll set the stage with this. Um, my, uh, Jesus. my, uh, I have an honorable mention. I'm just going to keep talking until that stops. Uh, it's <laughs> going to be the series Dungeons and Dragons. I enjoyed it, uh, when I was, when I was a kid. Um, but it, it only made, my uh, honorable mention because it, it you know it there's not really a um age specific group i'd say for that so my number five is going to be rambo there's a cartoon based off of that number four is beetlejuice uh i do remember watching the cartoon before i saw the movie number three robocop the animated series they actually did two robocop series mm-hmm. Uh, number two is going to be Tales from the Crypt Keeper because why not? And my number one is going to be the Toxic Avengers. I had so many toys. Um, that is not that is not for children. No, well, film so. Uh, that's my top five list. Who would like to go next? Uh, I will, I suppose. You go, girlfriend, Miss Thang. Queen. My honorable mention is going to have to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because it is based off of a comic book that was definitely not for kids. It had, you know, it, was, it had a lot of stuff that was going on on the streets of New York at the time. Yeah. yeah. And then it got... Kidified. Now, the reason why it is an honorable mention is because it also became one of the most uh, beloved franchises ever when they, uh, I'll say dumbed it down, but when they, you know, did what they did to it. And, you know, the sheer amount of money that that product, that that, mo- that, that brought in yeah, makes it a pretty good idea. Uh, number five, Beetlejuice, scary movie, dark comedy, actual dark comedy, unlike last week. Not really for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, Conan, or Conan, mm-hmm. yes. whatever you want to say. Conan. Uh, yes, it is based on the comic book versus the movie, but that's actually a little bit worse because, you know, Conan, barbarian, uh, rape, pillage, et cetera, et cetera, and sell breakfast cereal. Conan. <laughs> Conan O'Brien. <laughs> or Conan the Barbarian. Conan. Uh, number three, you said Toxic Avengers. I'm pretty sure it's Toxic Crusaders was the it name is. of the show. Yeah, the Toxic show Crusaders. was called Toxic Crusaders. Uh, the movie yeah. was called Toxic Avenger. Thank you. Yeah. 
Uh, the movie was very adult from a from Troma, which specialized in very adult uh, movies with almost porn. Bad. And then they, you know, they made it into a kids thing and then injected a little bit of environmental concern. So I was okay with that. Uh, Rambo, you know, the movie is about a Vietnam vet with uh, PTSD, hates the military machine and just wants to kill everybody. So let's put him in a cartoon show just to capitalize on G.I. Joe. Mm. And my number one... Cell Toys. Yes, and Cell Toys. Uh, my number one is RoboCop, because I saw RoboCop when I was young, and seeing that dude splattered on the front of the, the van scared the crap out of me. That was so scary. I, yeah. And not not to mention the fact that it happened in the city. They filmed it in the city I was living in at the time. Um, so it was based on a film that was very violent, had a lot of social commentary, and they just turned it into a cartoon because RoboCop looks cool and has a cool gun that goes into his leg. So it RoboCop wasn't... is my number one. Do it, Rob. All right. Come I am going to have an honorable mention. I'm going to put in Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah. Swamp Thing was a cartoon that... Uh, that source material definitely not intended for children. Rob wants to put it in, thr- in Swamp Thing. I do. I do. Actually, I remember the movie Swamp Thing. I saw it when I was a kid, and I had a thing for the chick in it. I was like, ooh. <laughs> but my my number five is going to be Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Made a cartoon out of that. My number two, or I'm sorry, my number four. <laughs> I just skipped everything. My number four is going to be Conan. My number three is going to be Tales from the Crypt Keeper. My number two is going to be Toxic Crusaders. But my number one is going to be something that I would not let any child watch. And that's Starship Troopers. Probably a good idea. Parenting 101, don't let your children watch Starship, Troop, Starship Troopers. I never saw it, so I didn't... All the other ones I had seen. Yeah, the 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 movie... You never saw the movie Starship Troopers? No, I saw the movie. I never saw the cartoon. Well, they made a cartoon out of it. The, the movie Starship Troopers is definitely not appropriate for children. No, that is true. Well done, gentlemen. Very good list. Now, let's go to our patron of unusual size, Mr. Alec. Hey, this is Alex with my top five list. Uh, number five, Toxic Crusaders. I completely forgot this cartoon existed until it was mentioned in the question, but yes, that, that would definitely be something that would be funny to, to make a kid's program out of. Number four, Ace Ventura, which is kind of funny because I don't think that was ever something that was meant for, uh, for little kids either. Uh, number three is Beetlejuice, mainly because you know, changes kind of the tone of the movie by turning him into a a, a best friend for the for the Winona Ryder character. Uh, number two, Police Academy, which is I completely forgot about this cartoon until I looked it up. But that's a that's another movie that was you know rated R at least initially. And then number one, uh, this is a callback to my childhood specifically, Rambo. I actually had the lunchbox when I was in first grade. Once again, pretty funny to have a six-year-old kid walking around with a Rambo lunchbox, you know, from, based off of a cartoon from a very violent movie series. So that's my top five. Hope you like it. Thanks. Police Police Academy has not aged well uh, oh. at all, and it's it's like you know making Porky's the cartoon. Yeah. Um, oh. You know, the first few few things there was definitely a lot of uh, you know boob jokes and. Oh, things yeah. along those lines. Yeah, it's very adult oriented, and I totally forgot about the Ace Ventura uh, cartoon as well. Yeah, great job. Yeah, excellent list. So take us on out of here. All right, guys. Well, like always, if you want to reach out to us, you can find us at Give Me Five Podcast at Gmail dot com. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five Podcast. Or you can go directly to our website, givemefivepodcast.com. And you can also find all of our neat shit at our store. 
that uh, give me five podcast.threadless.com. And please, guys, whatever whatever app you're using to listen to us, leave a review. It helps us move up. It helps other people find us. And it helps bring us to more people. Yes. And we want to touch more people. And uh, <laughs> Rob is currently calling this in because he got booted from our software. So Yeah, we're um, having internet troubles. Yeah. So, you know, if maybe if you guys out there were to, you know, support us with uh, some good reviews, we Rob could afford to use a real microphone instead of a cell phone from the year 2000 that he bought after seeing Dungeons and Dragons, the movie. <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good afternoon, and we'll see you in the year <coughs> Happy birthday to Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mark. Happy birthday to you.